Hey, folks, I'm Tom. I'm Keith. We're back again to talk about the Dunlap Champions Club. You've heard us give this pitch before, but we're going to go ahead and throw another fastball at you because the Dunlap Champions Club is where you should be each and every Florida State home game. If you've never tried it, you've got to do it at least once. You do it one time, you'll be hooked. It comes with shade. That's key. It comes with chairbacks. It comes with all the food you can eat which Keith and I don't need, but that is one of the perks of it. But it's a really good experience, and many of you have been in there socially, maybe outside of a game, so you've seen the space. Some of you still haven't been in the space. You need to call and take a tour. The ability to watch the game from your chair, to go inside where it's cool, to get food, to get drink, to see people and and socialize to whatever degree, that's important to you. Dozens and dozens of televisions on the wall. You won't miss anything. Plus, you can look out the glass and see from from uh, the fourth floor. It, again, it's a place you ought to go and give it a chance. For your tickets, for a tour, for more information, 644-1830. Without further ado, Front Row Knowles, first look. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles, first look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Front Row Knowles' first look. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. And, Keith, this is starting to be like Groundhog Day, unfortunately, because we're not used to doing this, but this is three straight weeks where really the outcome of the game was not in doubt. It was pretty clear early on who was going to win and unfortunately Florida State can't seem to snap the pattern of just falling behind early and then playing respectable for a period of time but in the end it's too little too late. I remember looking up at the scoreboard and it was 17 to nothing and I think there was seven or eight minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, Obviously Florida State wanted to try to come out and establish something uh, for the second time. They went against conventional wisdom winning the toss and electing to receive the ball uh, and then what second play of that first drive, uh, DeAndre, you know, throws a fastball when he should have thrown a change up and it goes right through McKinney's hands, gets picked off. And, uh, you know, Notre Dame's got uh, what a three yard drive uh, in order to score. I think they ended up with a nine yard drive for their second touchdown and then a field goal mixed in there. So yeah, you look up and, and before you've even gotten settled good, you know, you're down three scores and, uh, two of them are self-inflicted. And um, and and it's just you can't dig out of that hole when you're playing respectable people. You know, if you're playing someone else that's sitting there at four and five or fixing to be four and six, you might have a chance, but not against the number three team in the country. As a side note, I'm sure somebody has charted this, but it's not just the fact that Florida State has committed turnovers. It it feels like every time FSU turns the ball over, it's on the short field on the on the wrong side of the fifty. I mean, it, Jacquez Patrick fumbled last week at NC State. It was roughly at the FSU forty. Two turnovers today. It's uh, completely short fields for for Notre Dame. I know it is, you know, a turnover is a turnover, but I, it's it, it it's just it, they've been magnified this year because of where because uh, of field position. I'm sure somebody out there's got the metric. I don't know what we'd have to ask for. Is it uh, average opponent? starting drive after turnover in first quarter or whatever it is. Oh, and and I don't mean to make light of it. Uh, It's certainly not humorous from that standpoint, but any and every way Florida State can shoot themselves in the foot, uh, this team has found a way to do it in spades. So Florida State falls behind 17 zip. Then they get a 75-yard touchdown drive, and lo and behold, the extra point is blocked. Should have been called a penalty because you can't rough the snapper. 
it wasn't called a penalty. And so even when you feel like you get some momentum and it's going to be 17-7, it gets completely neutralized there, and it ends up 19-6. The other thing about that, and, you you know, we don't make it a habit of talking about, you know, penalties, although the, the, the pass interference calls against NC State, I think, uh, merited some conversation that we had. But you don't get calls like that when you're playing poorly. You only get those calls when you're playing well. So you can't expect um, that to, to come back. Uh, I didn't look at the replay. You did. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, from your viewpoint, it was a clear um, uh, infraction. And for those that aren't aware, uh, basically, you can't touch the snapper. You, you can't hit him. You can't run into him. You can't jump over him. you got to leave him alone. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, Notre Dame didn't. And um, I, I thought I thought Logan Tyler might catch him. You know, we've talked about how good an athlete he is. What what I didn't know is that was the fastest guy on the team, or second fastest guy on the defense at least. And uh, it wasn't going to be. Uh, so yeah, any bit of momentum that you get gets immediately snatched back from you, self-inflicted, if you will. Uh, and that's just the way the entire night went. All that said, let's get to really the crux of what the issue's been the last two weeks in particular. Florida State's getting absolutely gashed by the opponents in terms of running the football. NC State couldn't run to save its life against Wake Forest on Thursday night after they put up really good numbers running the ball, their best numbers of the year against FSU last week. Notre Dame goes for over 300 yards. One back goes for over 200, which hasn't happened since the early 80s against FSU. Uh, it's a problem, and when you're, when you're getting beat that way, uh, it's even worse than when somebody's hitting 60 and 80 yard passes on you because you're doing it methodically and you're doing it in eight and 10 and 12 and 20 yard chunks and they're just shoving it down your throat. And, and I don't know what's changed because prior to the NC State game, in other words, prior to the last two games, Florida State was uh, run defense was stout. Opponents were only averaging uh, 2.3, 2.4 yards per carry. Notre Dame ends up this game averaging over seven yards a carry. And uh, Williams, their main back, who you mentioned, went over 200 yards. First time FSU's given up a 200-yard rushing game to opponents since 1981. Uh, if you don't think that's a long time ago, that was a year after I left. Uh, that's how old that is. And I don't, I don't know what's happened other than it looks to me like uh, tackling has, has – gone away. Uh, in other words, where Florida State was able to wrap people up on the initial hit and bring them down, they're running through tackles now. I don't know if that's a combination of, uh, you know, you're playing your 10th your game of the year and, and obviously bumps and bruises and, and, and those types of things come into play. I don't know whether they've lost their focus, whether they can't work on it during the week because you've got so many people banged up. I don't know what it is, but certainly it has been the biggest difference in how people have attacked this Florida State defense the last two weeks. Willie Taggart had to meet the media. I'm sure if he uh, was given the option, he'd probably prefer not to after a third straight week like this. But uh, here's what his comments were, and this is courtesies of Seminole, courtesy of Seminoles.com following uh, Florida State's defeat on Saturday in South Bend to Notre Dame. We uh, did what we say we couldn't do in this ball game. We, we came in and wanted to start fast, um, and we didn't. We, we spotted a really good football team, and um, you can't do that. And... Uh, disappointed. We, like I say, wanted to start fast. We thought taking the ball, hopefully, offensively, we'll do something to get going, and um, and we didn't. You know, we made mistakes. Uh, had a interception there early in the game, um, and then a turnover early in the game on our side of the field. And and um, again, against a good, good football team, you can't do that. And, and for our football team, we definitely can't do that right now. And 
Um, yep. Coach, third straight game, you guys have given up over 40 points. What has gone wrong with the defense? Well, I think um, we got to tackle. We got to tackle better. Um, we got to be better in our gaps. And, um, and then as coaches, we got to make sure we're putting our guys in the right position to make the plays that we, we, we're capable of making. You know, um, And then I also think um, helping um, with some help on, on the offense side of the ball early in the games will help as well. You know, But I think what's, what's happening is we're getting so far behind and, and, and and we're not stopping the run, which we did earlier, and then you make teams, uh, you're not making them one-dimensional, and, and that hurts you. But I think um, having a faster start, uh, I think offense playing a little better earlier, it, it can help our defense big time. But tackling, uh, that's on our defense to do that, and, and being in our gaps, it's on our defense to do that. Coach, your, your secondary, specifically the safeties, are being asked to cover one-on-one a lot. They were kind of exploited again tonight in the third straight game. Has there been any thought to maybe going to do something different because it's obviously not working? Yeah, um, it is. I think if you watch the game, uh, you see that we did differently. You see the interception we got because we went differently. We went playing man in this cover. So we did something differently, and it, and it helped us in the pass game. So uh, we did. Coach, do you think you ever think putting Blackman in? I know Frank Bob is struggling with the, you know, with Notre Dame's defense. Do you think putting Blackman in might get a little more spark? No, um, I, I didn't think that. You know, um, I think any quarterback gonna struggle when you have a lot of drops. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get in the rhythm, you know. And um, so I didn't, I didn't think putting Blackman in was gonna spark our football team. And I don't think putting them in is gonna make you catch balls, you know, or anything like that. So, uh, no, I didn't. Coach, it's been some of the same issues as of late, the turnovers, the mental issues, and things like that. I'm sure you've been preaching those things in practice about improvement. Do you think at this point maybe it's just like an inability to do it, not more so than not knowing what to do? No, it's not an inability. We just got to get it done. You know, I mean, the, the intercepts and the turnover, the first one, it was, it was dropped pass and they caught it. You know, we got to catch the ball. You know, our guys know how to catch. We got to catch the football. You know, and then the other one, we got to hold on to the ball. You know, so we just got to continue to work at it. And again, it's it's disappointing um, because it's holding us back. And but we we can't stop. We got to keep working on it in practice and 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 then being able to execute it in the game. I think that's one of the issues with our team right now is 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 mental toughness, uh, discipline, and. and um, execution and tonight I thought discipline wise we was a lot better, you know. And but I thought execution wise, uh, we're back. Coach, third, third coldest game at Notre Dame since 1980. How much do you think the weather had an effect on your team tonight? I didn't. We just didn't execute. I didn't think the weather had anything to do do with it. You know, no one was talking about the weather. Anything. We just we didn't execute. We only had a chance. I mean, offensively, we moved the ball at times, and then uh, we'll, we'll step in our own way, you know. And then defense, we gave up too many big plays, too many explosive plays. And you asked earlier about our defense. I think that's probably the biggest thing is we're giving up too many explosive plays on defense right now. So Willie Taggart, uh, again, that's courtesy of Seminoles.com. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he's saying the same things. They ju- they need to get better. They did what they talked about all week that they couldn't do, and that's fall behind early. They did do better in terms of the overall penalties. So that was an improvement. Uh, but again, when you when you can't stop the opponent from running the football, it's it's going to be a long night. And to be frank, really early on, it was that they couldn't stop 
Wimbush from throwing the football. A couple of those were really good catches, but Florida State's safeties in particular continue to be victimized. Coming into the ball game, you had a glimmer of hope uh, because uh, Ian Book, Book uh, was not going to be able to play. Of course, he was leading the country in completion percentage, around 75%, 76%. He's out because of rib injuries. Wimbush comes back in, who was the starter to begin the season, had played the first two or three or four ball games, whatever it was, had thrown one touchdown pass and four interceptions in 2018. Uh, he throws three touchdown passes in the first half against Florida State, and as you mentioned, one in particular, I think the second touchdown pass was, was a remarkable throw and catch. It, it, you know, the, the book tells you, Tommy, that the, if you throw a perfect pass, it cannot be defended, and that was a perfect pass on that one. Obviously, they only had to go nine yards uh, after the fumble, but uh, that being said, you thought you had a glimmer of hope, uh, and he comes out and does Winbush and just throws the ball all over the place with great accuracy. Um, it is what it is. Uh, we, we don't like to admit it, but sometimes their players are better than our players, and sometimes the scheme is better than our scheme. And right now, you know, Florida State got gashed by the number three team in the country. Do you want to continue on the uh, got gashed part of this, or would you like to talk offense in our next segment? Let's uh, let's go offense, and then maybe we can come up with something different in segments uh, three and four that might be a little, uh, you know, more better. Is that a good term? Can we use that anymore? Is that is that something anybody want to understand? It'd be more better later. I hate to turn away uh, listeners, but you probably could queue up last week's show or the week before. We'll continue this conversation momentarily. Uh, first, I'll remind you there have been a lot of changes in the banking landscape lately. One local bank just sold after 100 years. Others are consolidating branches or closing. But there's one local bank you can count on. It is Prime Meridian Bank on the web at trymybank.com. Back with more Front Row Knowles' first look after this. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Florida State falls hard on the road at Notre Dame. We'll talk uh, offense here, Keith, and Florida State elected to not defer but to take the ball after winning the toss I didn't uh, dislike that decision if memory serves me correctly the last time Florida State did this and maybe this wasn't the call but they got the ball first against Miami and scored and played from ahead most of that game as we all know backfired uh, as it turned out Saturday in South Bend because of the turnover but I didn't disagree with the strategy no not at all and I think this is the second time uh we'd have to go back and look out did they do that for Clemson maybe I don't I don't recall anyway second time they won the toss and elected to um, take the ball. Uh, we saw a, a, a few other things. We saw the fair catch on, on kickoffs, uh, which is something that I think uh, uh, was overdue. Uh, there's just some tremendous amount of work that's still needed on kickoff returns for Florida State under uh, under Coach Taggart. Um, it, you know, they, they came out on those first two series and, and turned the ball over so deep in their territory. Uh, I, I, I just don't know how you overcome that particularly when you're on the road against a, you know, a top-five program. Uh, to their credit, it appeared offensively they continued to work at it. Uh, you did see some more of the bubble screens and some things that you and I had talked about during the week that didn't know whether Walt Bell would incorporate those as much as Coach Taggart in his play calling. Um, they did throw the ball down the field some. Uh, I would have liked to see him do it more. Uh, but obviously when you get down by three scores and then four scores and it's so lopsided at halftime, you know, you, you almost have to give up on your game plan and go back to some things that, you know, doing things that you wouldn't normally. I mean, FSU went went for it on fourth down, what, three different times and failed to make it twice maybe. 
those are things you just wouldn't do if you were even or playing with a lead, and that just makes everything exponentially bad uh, when you look at the big picture. Um, the offense, you know, it, it, it is tremendously talented in a lot of spots, uh, but it is not performing well at all. That would be an understatement, wouldn't it? It would be, and so let's go back to what lots of people are talking about, and that's the quarterback, and DeAndre Francois moved back in in the starter. Uh, to be clear, I, I think when you assess and you look at all the issues that Florida State has, uh, you know, in my opinion, each quarterback brings a different thing to the table. Uh, in the limited sample size we've seen, I would have liked to have seen James Blackman get another shot, but we're not there at practice, and I, I often defend this when fans talk about it, uh, you know, Coaches see what goes on all day long, and they have their reasons for making decisions. And they're they're usually much more inf- they're always much more informed than what fans' opinions are. That said, th- there were six or eight drops in that game uh, against Notre Dame, which obviously hurt. But you made a comment about DeAndre throwing a, a, a fastball when a changeup was needed, and I I think that's one of the things when we talk about being instinctual. And we've had this conversation, just having a feel for the pocket. Uh, you know, moving up in the pocket, evading a rush a little bit, extending a play, putting some touch on a ball. Uh, and I, th- I think that's true on that first one that, you know, and, and there was another pass later to D.J. Matthews where, where he was open. And if you lead him and throw it a little bit, uh, you know, not a fastball, <laughs> um, you got a better opportunity there. It's a more catchable pass. Exactly. Trying to present the ball to the receiver in the best way. And, again, we're, we're being very critical. Uh, because we, we saw uh, that it can be done. We've seen opponents do it. And I think the, the kid from Clemson, Lawrence, is probably the, the best I've seen from the youngsters that just instinctually knows how to put air underneath it when, to, when, the, when you have to throw the fastball, when it's better to lead, uh, when it's better to throw a player open. Uh, DeAndre knows one thing and one thing only, it appears, and that's to throw it hard. And whether it's a 10-yard pass or a 55-yard pass, he throws it the same way. And that that just can't be. He's got to get out of that. He's got to develop some touch. He's got to develop a little more presence in the pocket. Uh, We did see Walt uh, call some plays that moved him out of the pocket a couple of times. And and he can throw the ball well on the run. I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't become uh, some. Pardon me, something that uh, the staff feels uh, uh, better in doing. And the other thing that we don't know, and, and it's not appropriate for Coach Taggart. I mean, you can ask him the question, but this is personal conversations. We don't we don't know if they really did want to and still want to try to uh, redshirt Blackman. Um, you know, that's not something that I expect them to come out and reveal. It's like telling your opponent what your game plan is. So that may come into play. It may not. I don't know. But uh, it's certainly a, a topic out there uh, that folks need to consider, uh, at least in their criticism of whether you should have played DeAndre or played Blackman. Let's uh, shift to another guy that did play quarterback, and that's Cam Akers. we got to look at the wild cam. And if you, th- you think about this season, you go all the way back to the Virginia Tech game. And uh, that's what that was supposed to look like back then, only it was left on the ground and thus started uh, what's been, uh, you know, a frustrating year. But it was executed well. He looked comfortable there. Uh, certainly he's got a skill set where you can do that. And Cam had both touchdowns for FSU yesterday. He also had a critical fumble. Now, did you, uh, did you intentionally misspeak or have you created a new term for us? Because uh, you referred to that as the wild cam, C-A-M, as opposed to the wild cat, C-A-T. So uh, are you being originalist with us here, and you're, you're making that up, or did you hear it somewhere? Uh, the media has been calling it that for a while, but I did ask. We'll listen to this interview now, and uh, uh, he just said they call it the Wildcat. So 
Externally, we like the name Wild Cam. Internally, they're just calling it the Wildcat. Uh, here's that conversation uh, with Cam. Cam, another disappointing result, and, and one of the repeated things this year is, uh, you know, just kind of digging a hole and trying to dig your way out. How, how difficult is that uh, offense, defense, doesn't matter when, you know, it feels like you've just kicked off and you look up and it's, it's already 17 nothing. Uh, you know, you just can't put yourself in those kind of situations uh, that early in the game, especially, you know, you get behind the ball that early. Uh, that just uh, kill momentum, uh, give the other team momentum uh, and from the start. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to um, give a team momentum like that at home from the start. You want to um, want to come out on your A game, uh, no mistakes. And uh, tonight we didn't do that. I know you'd like to have one back that you, you left on the ground. Did you get did you get the ball clean and then somebody just got a hand on it? Yeah, uh, I got it clean. He just got a hand on it. Uh, that was my fault. You made up for you got two touchdowns, one of them out of the, uh, you know, I don't, know, I don't know if you call it the wild cam, but uh, we hadn't seen that since the Virginia Tech. What do you call it? And, uh, you know, obviously you look pretty comfortable doing it since you were a high school quarterback. Uh, just the wildcat, you know, uh, and just, just had to read the play and make a play. One of the things that seemed to be a new wrinkle is that uh, short yardage situation goal line. We saw basically the whole defensive line go in there, and uh, we also we also saw DeAndre take some snaps from right under center instead of the shotgun. Is that new wrinkle this week? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, we um, we added that in recently, uh, and we, we got it repped, and we got it repped in the game. And I think we'll be doing that moving forward a little bit more. Yeah, you had some success with it, and then obviously, uh, you know, you you, you kind of had uh, momentum on your side a little bit. Just couldn't get in uh, when you were inside the five, and that really feel like the wind came out of the sails at that point. Uh, yeah, uh, we got when we down there that deep, uh, we got to punch it in, uh, no matter what. I think um, inside the five, inside the ten, you got to punch the ball in. You got to get the ball in the end zone, regardless of uh, the situation. Uh, so um, uh, we got to get better in that aspect, uh, getting the ball in the end zone, uh, and, we, and we, we're gonna go to work in, um, Monday and tomorrow. Well, it's a final thought from you. I mean, you, you know what's you know stacked against you. You got to get two wins to get bowl eligible. It's been a tough stretch with with three losses in a row. So, just how do you wipe the slate clean? Make sure you have a great week this week for BC. Uh, just uh, think about the bowl streak and uh, take it one one week at a time. You know, we don't want to be that team to kill the bowl streak. Uh, we want to keep it going. So, we're gonna um, practice like it. We're gonna play like it. All right. Thank you, Cam. No problem. There were points in the game where Cam ran well and uh, Jaquez Patrick ran well too. But again, when you fall behind like that, it's it's sort of like just throw out these. You know, you got to flip the card over and, and start throwing the ball to get some chunk plays. You, you do, and it just gets you out of your out of your rhythm uh, again. Going back to what this Gulf Coast offense is supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be going a little faster. Uh, we did see a little bit of that uh, at certain times during the ball game, uh, which was which is was an improvement. Far too many times uh, we saw them going all the way to, however, down to two and three seconds on the, on the uh, play clock, um, uh, huddle clock, as Gene likes to call it, uh, before snapping. Uh, but I thought, you know, they, they, they tried to stay with the running attack as much as they could. But, again, when you get down three and four scores, you, you can throw that playbook uh, and, and, and running attack out the window. You've got to get the ball up in the air and start getting some yardage. Uh, but I agree with you. I thought Cam run, ran very well, particularly down around the goal line. I thought uh, Patrick ran well in in, uh, in between the 20s. Uh, there just weren't enough opportunities to build any momentum or any rhythm there uh, between the two of them. I, I'm not looking at the stats you are. Did they have 20 carries between the two of them? 
Uh, between the two of them, they had 20. Uh, yes, they did. 12 for Cam and uh, 16 for Jackass. So 28. And again, you got to remember, in the perfect world, you want to run about 80 or 85 plays, and you want about two-thirds of them to be running plays. That's the way Taggart's Gulf Coast offense is set up, and obviously that's not been the case very much at all during the 2018 season. Has not been. We mentioned there were uh, several drops. I thought the receiver rotation uh, was, I guess I'll call it curious, the curious part being maybe that we haven't seen George Campbell very much, and we saw a lot of him on Saturday. Uh, Terry had four drops himself, which has been very unlike him with the year he's had. That said, uh, there really weren't many long attempts to him. I think the first one came late in the second quarter. Uh, his drops were coming on little hitches and, and short patterns, and they hurt, but I'd still like to see them go over the top to him more frequently, and just to him in general. I, I agree, and uh, and I, certainly that's something that fans have been asking for and media folks have been asking about, you know, is taking those shots down the field. Um, you know, there's pluses and minuses for doing that, but certainly with Terry, uh, the upside is is great, and uh, very uncharacteristically, you know, he did drop those balls. We we didn't comment, haven't made much comment, and it's really not something that is of significance from the standpoint that both teams, quote-unquote, have to play in the same weather. But it was cold uh, Saturday night. You were down there on the field, and uh, fortunately for you, you dressed for it and, and that type of thing. But it, it was 26, 25 degrees. We did not have any precipitation, no snow, no sleet, or that type of thing. Uh, the field was in good shape from that standpoint. Of course, it's a prescription turf field. But that ball gets hard when it gets cold. And if you're not used to it or you're not concentrating, uh, it can get the better of you. And for the first time all year, we saw Terry with some difficulty in bringing in the ball. I think, obviously, that cold weather had something to do with it, if not all to do with it. Yeah, I think that's probably true. It was We were lucky that there wasn't precipitation or wind that was really a factor. But it was it was bone-chilling cold, no question. Okay, we'll step aside and come back and uh, talk about Florida State's defensive struggles, uh, which have reared it, uh, their ugly head here of, uh, of late in significant ways. We'll assess that after this. Stay with us. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles First Look, Tom and Keith with you. We move to the defensive side of the ball. Keith, uh, let's set something up, I guess, in terms of the passing first, then we'll get to the run. So one of the things that's happened here of late is that Stanford Samuels uh, III has moved back to his corner position. Now, he has looked uh, better there than at safety, in my opinion. He's a natural corner. You remember in the preseason they moved him to safety. But uh, bottom line, Levante Taylor's out. So really out of necessity, they're playing Stanford back at corner uh, along with Samuel and and Kyle Myers as your your second and third corner, whatever word you want to put them in. But it has it has changed the safety rotation because Samuels isn't there, and the safeties are getting picked on more. AJ Westbrook in particular. Well, teams are scheming against it. They they're seeing what Florida State does, right, wrong, or indifferent, and they're picking and choosing how to use their slot receivers uh, in order to get matchups that favor them. And basically what's happening is when they go four wide or even five wide, they're forcing Florida State safeties to to be in man-on-man situations whenever uh, Coach Barnett has called for man coverage. And and I don't, I don't understand why I want to get with him and let him explain it to him. I'm not going to do it during the season, but I want him to teach me the thought process because when, when you line a safety up, you know, eight to 12 yards off of the slot receiver, 
the the advantage is absolutely in the receiver's bag uh, for two reasons. Number one, when you're bumping running, you can get them off of track. You can alter the route a little bit. He's getting a free jump, a free start to get into his route. And number two, just from the the traditional standpoint, your safeties aren't asked to call to cover man coverage as much as as your corners are. And as a result, they're not they're just not as good at it. Uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, and and Coach Barnett and and everybody else can say, yeah, but they should be. Well, they're not. They're just not. It's actually, you know, it's it's the difference between a guard and an offensive guard and offensive tackle. Yeah, they're both offensive linemen, but they're two separate and very different positions, and you do different things, and it's different skill sets, and and teams are are seeing how Coach Barnett is playing it, and they are absolutely scheming personnel to take advantage of Florida State safeties, and they're being successful at it. Uh, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. The, the setup has got to change, either personnel-wise or positioning-wise, and quit quit continuing to do the same thing because the next two teams that Florida State play are going to see what the three teams prior has done, and they're going to do the same thing again. This is going to be a more extended conversation, but – it's the same discussion you have on the offensive side of the ball. Taggart wants to run his system. Uh, we, we've seen that, but but at some point, uh, and, the, and the reason you want to stick with your system is because the, the, the more you go away from it, the longer it's going to take next year to get your system implemented. Uh, so defensively, it's the same thing. Harlan Barnett's system is, is built on bringing pressure and a lot of man-to-man coverage. Uh, so that's what he wants to do. Now, what they did the second half is they played more zone. They got a couple interceptions. It worked. Uh, but ultimately, you're not going to be as skilled or as adept at running your man coverage if you go away from it. Now, here's the the, the more the deeper part of the conversation. I, I, as you know, as a, as a former member of the secondary, pass coverage goes hand in hand with pass rush, and Florida State's defensive line is not getting pressure. And there was a period, you know, it kind of started the season started this way, then it got better. I think what we really can can see now is that Florida State has Brian Burns who's undersized, and they don't have uh, enough talent at the opposite defensive end. I mean, they went an entire game against Notre Dame without a sack or a tackle for loss. Every play was positive for Notre Dame. The other part of that, too, Tommy, is while the defensive tackles are are good, and and I would tell you overall they have played well, uh, they are not sack people the way it's set up your defensive tackles are are run stuffers and and they take up space and so you're relying on your defensive ends and or your pressure and and I don't recall a lot of blitzing uh, against Wimbush and Notre Dame on on Saturday evening Uh, I think some of that had to do with uh, you know not wanting to expose yourself and over pursue and over uh, get over gashed because they were running the ball so well, you can blitz yourself right out of a position is what I'm saying uh, if the right running play is called. Um, but you're exactly right. I mean, the two go hand in hand. And, you know, all those years when Florida State had great uh, defensive ends and great sack leaders, uh, it made the secondary appear that much better. And uh, those two are not working hand in hand, at least through through the early tenure of, of the Willie Taggart era here, no question. A much more succinct way to say what we just said in the course of four minutes is they're not affecting the quarterback. The quarterback's getting a clean pocket, able to throw a good ball, and, and the result is even in some cases where there's pretty good coverage, catches are being made against Florida State. Uh, okay, the uh, 
the elephant in the room here to, to talk about is that uh, the linebackers, we, we know that the linebacker position has not been recruited as well as what it needs to be. There's, there's issues there. There's been depth concerns. Frankly, for a lot of years, the linebacker position has not been as deep as it's needed to be or as, or as talented. And uh, this is two straight weeks where we've seen, I don't think it was as egregious yesterday but, uh, or Saturday, but there's, you know, they're just not gap sound. They aren't. They run out of uh, run themselves out of plays. Uh, the 58-yard touchdown run. Uh, you know, the linebacker just took the wrong gap uh, instead of staying home and playing sound technique football, and therefore it opened up the way he went. Uh, and then the safety. I don't know what the safety was doing. Somebody have to ask him. He stood there and watched him go by, and then started running after him. Uh, it, I mean, it was just horrible. But you're right. As a group. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know, Tommy, if we can, uh, you know, really challenge their effort. Um, uh, you know, I, I look at the Kalen Brooks, and, and he's playing in a linebacker spot, but, but, but isn't he more of a, of a, of a, a defensive back type person? Uh, I look at D. Jack, and he, he's undersized to spend as much time in the middle as he does. Uh, I mean, they've, they've got to make that a priority and get some different body types in. And unfortunately, that's going to take a year or two or three. That's not going to happen overnight. Uh, and it may be a while before our linebacker play gets any, any better. Well, you mentioned DJX. Uh, Seminoles.com caught up with him. He did have an interception there as Florida State, uh, you know, made a, a small run in the, in, the, uh, in the third quarter there. And we didn't even talk about the fact that had they – punched it in and we'll we'll do this in our next segment it would have gotten a little more interesting but uh staying on task with the defense here's that conversation or the post the post game interview with uh Dontavious Jackson we just got to come out better we can't come out flat like that um defensively and offensively we got we, got, we gave up turnovers we gave up touchdowns we can't come out flat like that so you guys were able to force some turnovers in the second half uh, what was really what were you guys seeing that you weren't really seeing in the first half uh, we just switched things up a little bit. We adjusted to what they were running, just switched things up. It was nothing nothing we hadn't saw on film that they were running. So. Rush, rush deep. 60 yards. Just, yeah. what's, what's the deal with running game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have nothing to say on that. Is it tough to not allow adversity to pile up and creep back into your mind every time you guys have some? It's, 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 it's nothing to do with that. We just got to play. We just got to come out and play from the opening, opening, the opening whistle. We got to play. I think we starting slow. And we got to fix that. Are you guys pressing at all? I mean, I know you guys want to get this thing right so badly. Is, is it a matter of that that that's, you guys are kind of getting in your own way maybe at times? Um, I wouldn't say that. Sometimes we make a, a few mental mistakes, give up plays that we knew were coming, and um, we just got to fix the mistakes, man. We got two games ahead of us, must win, so we got to have. So, two like said, two games for bowl eligibility. How big are these two? It's big, big. We don't want to be the team that ends on. And I'm, I'm gonna give everything I have these two weeks because I can't, I can't, I can't allow us to go out like that. We're better than that, and. We're going to show it these next two weeks. Playing top teams like Clemson and Notre Dame, um, what does that show you about this squad so far at this point in the season? Uh, to me, that we should be a top team. Uh, our, our mental mistakes, our our undisciplinedness as far as like flags and stuff have have held us out. And I feel like if it wasn't for that, if we if we minimize that, we would be a top team. So we got to get back to the drawing board and understand we got to be a disciplined team. 
it's uh, you know it's tough to look at the box score, and again that's courtesy of Seminoles.com, and we appreciate that, and see that an opponent running back had uh, 20 carries for 202 yards. That's an average of 10.1 per carry. Uh, along of 58, and uh, there were probably six or eight runs in there of 15. Uh, I mean, it 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 was a sound performance by a good running back on the number three ranked team in the country, and it was a very poor performance for a defense that, at least prior to NC State a week ago, and now Notre Dame, had been pretty stout against the run. By the way, the next opponent runs the football pretty well. That would be Boston College. We'll talk about the Eagles and the matchup with the Knowles uh, when we continue on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Some final thoughts on Front Row Knowles First Look. Keith, um, well, you want to do the, the play of the game first, and then and then we'll wrap things up. Well, let's talk about well, maybe not not just one positive, but something that was positive, because it's time now for our primary inning bank performance for the game. And that's going to go to the play where Cam Akers lined it up in the uh, wild cam. Uh, we'll call it the wildcat, but he'll call it the wild cam. And uh, from less than 10 yards out, took it in for a touchdown. Florida State closed the gap against uh, Notre Dame. Prime Meridian Bank, they're my bank, and this year they're celebrating 10 years serving Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and the surrounding area. Outstanding client service, convenience tools like mobile and remote deposit, and one of the top-rated mortgage teams in Leon County. Not sure about your bank? Try Tallahassee's hometown bank, Prime Meridian Bank, on the web at trymybank.com. Florida State, uh, in the previous segment, I, I said, you know, made a little run. They got those two turnovers in the third quarter, and uh, I'm thumbing through the game notes here, and I don't know that I have this exactly correct, but it feels like when it was 35-13, that's when they got down to the goal line and failed to score from the one- or two-yard line, which would have made it 35-20 to with uh, a quarter and some change to go. Well, and, and there was another time they got down close. You know, So if you hold them at 35 and get that touchdown, it's 35-20. If you get the other score, which might have been early in the fourth quarter when they went forward on fourth down and turned it over on downs, and you had held them, now you're at 35-27. You're back in the ball game. You're back in the ball game now. Neither of those things happened. They did not score, and they did not hold Notre Dame. And I think that's part of what is so disappointing. We know this team has some talent. We've seen that this team can can drive the ball and put points up on anybody when they when they keep out of their own way. Uh, but Florida State had to go for it on fourth down, what, five times, four times or five times, uh, and at least two of them didn't make it because they were they were turn, turned the ball over. And then, you know, you leave the ball on the three-yard line and you let Notre Dame turn right around and go on a 97-yard drive. That's what I'm talking about. If you could have stopped them, uh, it could have been interesting, but uh, that wasn't going to be the case uh, Saturday night in South Bend. It just, it just didn't happen. So a few things there. For all of Florida State's offensive struggles this year, they had been uh, really good the last six or eight weeks when they've been in the red zone, not just at scoring, but at scoring touchdowns. That went away against Notre Dame, which is what uh, the point that you just made. The second thing that we haven't talked about here, Keith, we saw uh, a new look from Florida State. First of all, they brought in a heavy package, and I, you know I've seen FSU. Jimbo would do this. You'd bring in one defensive tackle. They brought in three. They had they had Marvin Wilson, and they had Durden, and and. Oops. Yeah, and Robert Cooper all in at the same time in short yardage uh, to mix success. It worked one time, didn't work another. But the bigger significant change is that DeAndre was under center for some of those snaps and not out of the shotgun. 
Well, we saw him under center for a quarterback sneak. And, uh, you know, when you're fourth and two or fourth and one, you know, I, li I like the fact that they've changed it up and they're now putting him back under center. That's where you have to be because that way you have an opportunity to hand off. If you get in the I formation, you can do a short handoff to the fullback. If you're in the I formation, you can go the traditional power. You mentioned bringing in the big bodies. The other thing they did, you, you may not notice, is they went on balance line. So they had four linemen on the left-hand side of the center, and, and then had the two big boys right, <coughs> pardon me, right behind them. And and one time was good. The other time, I and I don't, I'd have to go back and look at the tape. Notre Dame blew it up. I mean, they had people making penetration, and it was and the play was stopped for a loss. How you've got that much meat on the left-hand side, and the opponent is able to get in your backfield and cause the ball keep, uh, a tackle for loss? I don't know, uh, but. Again, we're seeing some new things and, and, and some positive things in, in my thought process, particularly getting DeAndre under center uh, in those short yardage situations. Somebody came in low is the answer. Low man wins. And, and somebody came in and was, uh, you know, got underneath the beef more or less and got the ball carrier's legs. Um, so if you want to go big picture, and, and this is Willie Taggart's track record, uh, if you look at the just, just his coaching timeline, he is, he is not afraid to adapt. This is his Gulf Coast offense is not what he ran when he got to South Florida. He came up under Harbaugh, Harbaugh was more of a power running game. He adapted and uh, to great success there. And so now he's at Florida State. The Gulf Coast offense clearly, uh, I, I'm not saying he's scrapping it, but it hasn't been what he wanted it to be out of the gate. And so we've seen some adaptations uh, and, and a willingness to change. He's, he, he made the move last week to let Walt Bell call plays. Now he's adapted a little bit and that he's willing to, to in his mind, it may be a compromise to put the quarterback back under center at times. Uh, occasionally, and, and that's fine. Uh, and I think that shows a great deal, uh, candidly, of maturity on, on Coach Taggart's fault, uh, part. But you got to go back and you talk about the big picture. Now now you gotta you got to think about, all right, now who are you going to recruit and who are you going to bring in? Uh, I hate, and we talked about this last week, I hate that it's it's unlikely that Florida State is going to qualify for a bowl this year uh, because that's 15 more days of practice. And if there's ever been a team in America that could use some more practice time, it's the one that you and I love, um, and, and that's not likely to happen. Forget the, the bowl record and the consecutive winning years of winning and all that stuff. Uh, those are sad, and, and I'm afraid, I'm, I'm disappointed that they're possibly and probably gone. But you you got you got to stay the course. And Coach Taggart was hired to come in and do a particular thing. Being adaptable is great, but you know, two years from now, four years from now, you know, we we want to be able to see that he was able to implement those things which got him to where he's at. And I think the same thing can be so said for Coach Barnett. You know, this is a defense that's given up 148 points in the last three games. You know, that's 49 point something. Uh, that's unacceptable. You, we can't have it. It's got to change, and the question becomes not will it change. We know it will, but when will it change? Will it happen quickly, or will it take longer than is than people you know thought it might? Uh, but it's got to change, and, and you got two more games. Uh, both of these games, uh, you got a chance to win. I'm not terribly optimistic, but I'll go with my heart and say that they've, they're they're games that Florida State can be in them. They're at home. Uh, one's a rivalry game. Uh, you throw out the records and all for that one. 
Uh, the other one's against a very, very improved uh, Boston College club that unfortunately, as you mentioned uh, early in this program, likes to run the ball, has a great running back in Dillon. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but it's not impossible. May not have its starting quarterback, and I didn't see the Boston College-Clemson game, and as we record this, all I know is that Steve Adazio was asked about his quarterback's availability. Didn't say what the injury was, just said he's at the hospital. So obviously something somewhat significant, and I'm not trying to make – I can't make judgment. I have no idea what it is. But we saw that Notre Dame played with his backup quarterback, and that worked out pretty well for them. So I don't think we can automatically assume that uh, – is it probably better? Would you rather face the backup than the starter? Sure. Does it mean that that makes things that, that much easier? Maybe not. Well, the, the bottom line is for these next two ball games, and we said this uh, in, in the middle part and early part of the season as well, so we're, we are repeating ourselves, it's not about who you're playing. It's all about you and focusing in on those things that you've got to start getting better at, focusing in on those things that you do well uh, and going with them and uh, continuing to improve uh, the pre-snap issues, uh, continuing to stay away from uh, uh, you know problems with penalties, uh, working on ball security and, and not turning the ball over and giving the, the, the opponent such a short field. Those are all things that are all about you. They're not about the opponent. And for these next two weeks, uh, the focus has got to be on the front of the jersey that you're wearing and not the, the jersey that you're playing against. Some final thoughts here in just a second. I do want to mention again that if you're looking for a local bank, you can count on. How about Prime Meridian Bank on the web at trymybank.com? I'm just going to bring it out big picture again, Keith. You know, we get into a season and uh, we assess what we see, which is a game every week, 60 minutes a game and 75 offensive plays, whatever the number's been. Florida State's probably averaged fewer than that this year. They haven't been as quick as they wanted. But when you bring it back out, there are deficiencies that need to be fixed that are going to take more time than what we wanted to think about. We've talked about this team is soft both mentally and physically. And you'd like to think that you could fix the the mental side of that by flipping a switch, but it doesn't happen that way. And on the physical side, uh, yeah, they've been in the the current strength program for 10 months or however long it's been. Uh, But just think about if you have that for two, three, four years, and and if you feel it's better than what the predecessor did, even if it's by 10% a year, uh, you're going to be bigger, stronger, faster. And so those things just take time. The other part of it is you've got a coaching staff that hasn't worked with each other for various uh, years. They're still finding and, and feeling each other out and how best for them to work together. And you, you tease me all the time over this permutations and combinations. But, you know, when you got ten assistants and a head coach, and you're trying to get all them on the same page and, and pulling in the same direction when they've not worked together uh, very much prior uh, also takes time. So we've got, we got issues with kids. We've got issues with adults. We've got issues with scheme. Uh, obviously, the schedule hasn't helped this year. Uh, there's just a number of things to work on, and what you need to do is put your head down and uh, gird yourself up and uh, keep plowing straight ahead. Now, Now's the time when you got to do your grunt work. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, and it's not going to be a lot of uh, enjoyment, but you're continuing to lay the foundation, and that's exactly what you got to do. Next up, Boston College, as you know, by the way, if you haven't heard, that game will kick at 3.30 this Saturday, and Florida State needs to win it. Uh, and the game against Florida to be bowl eligible. By the way, ironically, Virginia Tech, who has the second longest bowl streak right now, 
They need to win their last two games to be bowl eligible. Miami still needs to win one of its last two. Miami's not won since they beat Florida State. They've lost four straight. Uh, so I don't know. Misery loves company, I guess, is what I'm throwing out as we finish up. It's it's just been a weird, weird season for a lot of a lot of different teams in a lot of different ways. And we will continue to discuss it on Wednesday when we reconvene for our uh, regular year-round edition of Front Row Knowles. Folks, he's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you later this week.